Go to Philippians chapter 2. You can just keep the mic as a gift from us. <laughs> Trust you're enjoying your long weekend. I don't know if that means family gatherings Thank or barbecues or just that. trying to dry out. Just from continuing the last to pray. Month. I'm not sure, Appreciate but it. church family just trust it's a good continue. weekend, good long weekend for you. Philippians chapter 2, if you have found that in your New Testament, the Apostle Paul's the writer. He's in jail when he's writing this. He's writing this to a church at Philippi. Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. So a few weeks ago, I preached from Proverbs 27, verse 17, about iron sharpening iron as the first part of the series about growing up. And then last week, I, I followed that up with another message, uh, just reminding us about what the Apostle Paul says in Ephesians, that he gives us gifts in the church to help us grow and to remind ourselves again that we need somebody else in our lives or somebody or somebody's else in our lives uh, to help us to continue to grow and to be strong in the Lord. And today I want to continue with that theme and uh, move through for the next little while on that theme about growing up in the Lord and what that means. And one of the things that I've, I've learned about it, and, and I want you to catch in this is as I, uh, as I began studying for this weeks ago, my emphasis, my goal at first was just to try to challenge you as an individual, as a, just a believer, as a Christ follower, you know, to take care of yourself spiritually and to, to continue to make this, the necessary steps to grow. But as I kind of move from message to message, one of the things that I haven't been able to shake is as much as there is a responsibility upon us to grow, to take ownership for our own spiritual growth, you, you can't approach that from the Bible without understanding the importance of community. You, you just can't. Uh, every time I'm, I'm kind of looking at this from the perspective as what do I need to do to take care of myself spiritually? What do other people need to do to take care of themselves spiritually to continue to grow up in the Lord? Every time I think about that, uh, the, the New Testament writers and, of course, even Proverbs reminds us about community and that we don't do this on our own. We don't do this alone that we need community in order to help us to grow. We need the family of God to help us to grow. You can do a lot on your own. That's true. And some people do a lot of really good things for themselves, spiritually speaking. But you cannot say that I can be everything that God wants me to be um, without the body. You, you need the body uh, to develop, to mature, to grow up well. So again today, it sounds a little bit like it's just focusing on the individual, but again, we're going to get into the aspect of community is involved in all of this. This is why we gather. You could sit at home alone and watch TV and pick up some Christian show, or these days you can go on the internet and there's all kinds of churches that podcast uh, their morning gatherings and you can watch dozens if not hundreds 
or you can go to YouTube and you can pick up a video from somebody else at some point in time. And you could do that. You could sit at home alone and you could do that. And there would be all kinds of things that you would learn and, and all of that. But that's not what we're called to do. We're not called to do that alone. It's one thing if you're sick and you can't make it out to church, that's a good thing. Might be another thing if you're laid up for a while and that's a good thing to have that. But it's not supposed to be the main thing. We're supposed to gather together as frequently as we can, not just for the, the point of filling the offering plate or taking a role in the church, but understanding the importance of helping one another to grow. So we ask the question, why? Why is growing up <clears throat> speaking spiritually predominantly, but we understand that when you take care of the spiritual person, it also impacts the other parts of us as well. But why is growing up spiritually so important? Why are the ramifications of growing up or not growing up spiritually so important? Well, a couple of weeks ago, as I mentioned, we learned that we need someone else to keep us sharp. The reminder there is, is that we have blind spots, that it is impossible for all of us to know or be aware of our blind spots or to address all of the areas in our lives that we need to address unless we have the voice of someone speaking into our lives. We know that we have the voice of Scripture. That's true. And we know that the Holy Spirit can put his finger on things and say, hey, Brent, this is something that needs to be worked on. And the Spirit does that. But the Spirit also does that through the community, through the body of Christ, through the different members as well, and helps us with our blind spots. If we're willing to ask good questions, if we're willing to allow people into our lives and to speak into our lives, the iron or the steel sharpens steel. So if you're interested in being spiritually sharp, then you should be willing, you should actually be aggressively seeking at least one other person to speak into your life and to help you with those blind spots and to help keep us sharp. Last week we learned that the Bible gives us gifts, or pardon me, the Lord gives us gifts. And we looked at those passages in Ephesians 4 about apostles and prophets and pastors and teachers and evangelists. That they are gifts given to the church for the purpose of helping us grow. That is one of the reasons why we gather like this. That the people that God has gifted us whether it's in a Sunday morning or it's in a Bible study or as Mike and Shelley mentioned, or whether it's in a small group setting, we, we, we gather with other people, we allow other people to, to speak into our lives, we get to speak into their lives, we get to hear what they're thinking, they get to hear what we're thinking, and we learn from one another. I mean, that, that's the driving force behind small groups is that the Bible speaks into our lives, that's good, but we also understand that the other members of the small group, they get to speak too, and they get to listen, and we get to grow and learn from one another. I mean, this should happen to you when you're in small groups or you're in a study of some kind. Oh, I never thought of that. I never looked at it that way before. Because we tend to have a little bit of tunnel vision with our own thinking, our own approach to things. And then others expand our spiritual horizons and help us to see things perhaps in another way. Understanding this, this might be radical for some of you. Understanding this, the Spirit of God speaks through your brothers and sisters in the Lord as well. No, not Shelly. Shelly can't get along with anybody. <laughs> but the Spirit of God speaks through others as well. And, and, and that's one of the things that 
you know, we should appreciate in the church. Now, maybe not everybody has the voice of God. Not, maybe not everybody has the mind of the Spirit. But, but you know those who do. The Bible reminds us that as we grow up in the faith, we're able to address false teachers and their doctrines. The Bible reminds us that growing up in the faith helps us become productive citizens in the faith. The Bible reminds us that as we grow up in the faith that we should look and sound more like Jesus and less like us, if you know what I mean. That the Bible reminds us that as we're growing up in the faith that we become a better witness for Jesus. We're able to communicate our faith and we're able to live it out better. And the Bible also tells us that as we're growing up in the faith and becoming mature, that it maintains unity in the body of Christ. There's all kinds of good things that come from growing up in the faith. Now the Apostle Paul is challenging a group of people. He calls them in verse 12. He says, therefore, my dear friends, you, you can't miss that. The way that's said in the original language there is with a sense of intimacy there. It's not, hey guys, it's my dear friends. These are people that he cares a great deal about. And he's in prison now, so he's separated from them. But he wants them to understand that the passion that he has for them. And he says this, My dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence. Understanding this, right? When he says now much more in my absence, it isn't like he's gone away for a week or he's gone on a vacation or he's off to visit some friends. He's in prison. You can imagine the emotional impact, the feelings that that stirs, stirs in, in, in the hearts of the people at the Philippian church. They, they remember when he was there with them ministering. Now they realize because of his ministry to that church and to other churches like that church, he's in prison now. He's been locked up because of the gospel of Jesus Christ. He hasn't committed a crime other than the crime of this, of preaching Jesus Christ and him crucified in the Roman world in those days and in that age. So not only in my presence, but now much more my absence. What does he say to them? What does somebody who has loved them like a spiritual father say to a church that he has now been physically separated from and he doesn't know if the physical separation is going to be short or long. In fact, he doesn't know if it's going to end in his own termination his own execution. And so he's been separated from them now. And what's the thing that he wants to remind them about? The thing that he wants to remind them about is to keep on growing in the Lord. To, as it's worded here, is to work out their salvation. Look what it says. Continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you to will and to act according to fulfill or according to his good purpose there's some things here i want you to notice the apostle paul encourages them to keep on doing something that they're already doing he reminds them just to continue they're already doing it but he wants to make sure that while they're away while he's away they keep doing it you know what that's like when the teacher's in the classroom the kids are all well behaved the teacher says to the kids, I got to go down the hallway and get something from somewhere. What happens? The teacher might say to them, continue to keep working. The kids here, I got, I got a few minutes of free time here. I remember when I was in grade 13, and I had a teacher named Mr. Dory. 
Mr. Dory was one of those high school teachers that uh, would come in, he'd have the work on the blackboard for you. They still have blackboards? They still have ancient technology? Are they all whiteboards now and stuff? Why, do you remember chalk and blackboards? So back in the days of, of chalk and blackboards, he would write the work on, on the blackboard. And then he would leave, and he was head of the department, that department, and then he would leave and he would go to his office. And we all knew that because it was the second floor of the high school and his office was right across from that classroom. So one of these days, and I won't get too personal, I had to go to the bathroom. And I wanted permission to go to the bathroom. And he wasn't there to get permission from, so I got up and I went to the bathroom. Mistake, kids. So when I get back to the bathroom, the from the bathroom, the students say to me, Mr. Dory called down to the office and uh, said that you, you left the building. I'm like, what? You know? So next thing I know, uh, you know, 30 seconds pass by, phone rings. Uh, not the phone rings, but, the, you know, the announcement thingy. And, Brent Horner, can you come to the office? Right? So, doctor. And the VP, the guy that had all the fun work, the VP was Mr. Evans. And so I go down to Mr. Evans' class, uh, uh, you know, room, and Mr. Evans says, hey, you know what? You've been reported as, as, you know, leaving the classroom. And I'm like, yeah, I did. I went to the washroom. And... He said, well, you didn't ask permission. And I said, you know, I was a little snarky. I'm going to admit it. I was a little snarky. I know some of you find that hard to believe. And I said, well, I would have asked him if he had been in his room. <laughs> Sorry, Gerhard. I know you're high school, ex-high school teacher. So, uh, so I said that. I said, well, if he was in the room, I, you know, I, I would ask him. But he wasn't in the room, and I needed to go. So I went. I said, I went to the washroom, and I came right back. And so, he, you know, he just, mm, and then sends me back to the room, right? Nothing happened of that. The point is, is that people do things in our absence that sometimes they normally wouldn't do, like leave classrooms or don't do the work or whatever it is that they're doing. Those of you that run businesses or companies and you have employees, you, you know what's going on. Another job I had years and years ago, summer job, I worked underground up north, and we worked on the 4400 level, the 4600 level, and the 4800 level, uh, so feet underground, right? So we, we had one boss that had to hit all three levels. And so that meant we knew, we knew when he left your level, he was gone for the day, right? Now, as a student, I didn't care because all the union wanted us students to do was to collect some money for our education and not get killed. That's all they cared about, right? So they always gave us pretty soft jobs. But, but the, the regular union guys knew uh, and I remember one of our bosses, Frank Parody, and the other guy was named Joe McCaution. When these guys came through your level, if you were on 44, and they were going down to 46, 48, they were gone for the day. And you, you'd see some interesting things by the union guys when they knew the boss was gone for the rest of the day. Now, I'm not picking on your union guys, but I tell you, I was there. I saw it, man. Like, as students, we used to have scrums afterwards going like, wow. Can you believe that? In fact, one day, one of our guys, we were building a sandfill site. They'd already mined out the area. We were building a sandfill site, and the guy, the, 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 our leader, whatever they called him back in those days, didn't feel like it. So he went up on one of the wood things that we were building for the sandfill site, turned his light off, and you can imagine doing that 4,000 feet underground, and he had a nap, <laughs> like for two hours. So, like, we're freaking out a little bit because we're thinking, you know, like, this needs to get done, and he's napping, and we don't really know what we're doing because we're students. And so, finally, he wakes up, and then the next thing you know, for the next hour and a half, it's like, go at it hard to get this done, right? Because we couldn't continue 
because we didn't have the supervision to continue in it. So Paul is hoping that while he's away, and away means prison, that the things that they were doing that they will continue to do. Understanding that sometimes when people don't have supervision or sometimes when people don't have them watching over them, sometimes people aren't self-motivated to do it for themselves. Some of us need a gentle push or shove. Continue. Now, he calls them dear friends. So my expectation is, is that he loves these guys. These guys love him. And he's pretty sure that they're going to continue. But he does say it, right? He says, continue to work out their salvation. And we ask ourselves when we read that verse, well, what does that mean? It sounds like a works-driven salvation. Why does Paul tell us to work it out? He also says to do it with fear and trembling. Well, that doesn't sound very New Testament. That sounds very Old Testament. And then I also understand that while I'm told to work it out, later on it tells me that God is at work and that it's not about working out my salvation for my purposes, but it's about working for God's purposes. Because sometimes we do this, well, I've got a plan. I've got a goal. I've got aspirations. There's things that I want to achieve and that those are my plans. And God says, well, no, what I want you to do is put your plans on the side and understand that I want you to be concerned about what my purposes are for you, not just what your own purposes are for yourself. So what are they being asked to do? Verse 12 tells us, he says, they've been obedient. As you have always obeyed, continue in your obedience. The Bible reminds us here that that is one of the greatest signs of people who are growing up in the Lord is obedience. For those of you that have been around the Bible for a while, you know that there's that passage back in 1 Samuel uh, chapter 15 where Samuel the prophet is speaking to Saul the king who is doing things on his own and is moving outside of his kingly portfolio and he's beginning to offer sacrifices and Samuel rebukes him and says this, the the gist is simply this, obedience is better than sacrifice. To obey the word is what God wants most from us. Maturity isn't, isn't measured by how many things we do in the church Maturity isn't measured by how much we give in the offering plate. Maturity isn't measured by how many years we've been coming here. Maturity is measured by obedience. Obedience is is way more important to God than anything sacrificial that you might do. It's not to say that giving isn't important. It's not to say that doing isn't important. It's not to say that attending isn't important. But the most important thing is that in our walk, whether it's inside the assembly or outside of the assembly, that we walk in a life of obedience. So he says to them, keep on being obedient. Obedient to what? Obedient to God, of course. Obedient to the word of God, absolutely, generally. But obedient to the gospel truth. Paul saw them when he was with them walk in that kind of obedience. Now that his spiritual presence, his fatherhood to that church family is not there, he wants them to keep on doing it. Look what he says just a few verses back in Philippians chapter 1, verse 27. Again, remembering that he's in prison. 
In Philippians 1.27, he says this, Whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Then, whether I come and see you or only hear about you in my absence, I will know that you're standing firm in one spirit, striving together as one for, uh, in the faith for the gospel. Notice the things that he says again. Striving together as one. There's that whole, I'm doing something, but we're doing something together. It's the community that matters the most here. Striving together. So he challenges them to do that. Challenges them to stay true to the gospel. Strive together as one. Continue in a life of obedience. And then he comes up with a phrase that some of us struggle with. To work out our salvation with fear and trembling. Now, you and I know that the salvation is a free gift from God, right? Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. For it is by grace that you have been saved by faith. This not of yourselves is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. We understand that we are justified by grace through faith. We stand firmly on that. So if we're not working for our salvation because it's a free gift from God... What is it that we're doing? Well, you'll notice the phrase here is to work out your salvation. In other words, he's speaking to a church family that's already saved. He's speaking to a group of believers. They're his, his kids in the Lord. Working out our salvation is very different from working for our salvation. We know there's all kinds of people beyond these walls that think that in order to go to heaven, for God to love you, there's all kinds of things you need to do. You need to work for it. You need to be well-behaved boys and girls. There's things that you not, need to stop doing, and there's all kinds of things that you need to start doing. But that's not how we get saved. The Bible says that it's a free gift from God. The work of God is this, the Bible says in the Gospels, is to believe in the one he sent. It's as simple as that. And so salvation is a free gift from God. But working out your salvation. When Paul tells the believers at Philippi that they need to work out their salvation, he is simply explaining that the wonderful gift that they have freely received from God that's inside of them is to be brought out of them. We bring out those beautiful attributes and the character traits by faith. Faith is a rest, but it is a faith that works, not us. It's, it's a faith that works, not us. Our responsibility is to light up our corner of the world, to show Christ in our lives, to be an encouragement to the family of God and a light to those who are still walking in darkness. In fact, when Paul says, work out your salvation with fear and trembling, it's an imperative. It's not a suggestion it's a command in the original language. He's telling us, keep doing that. It's a gentle command, but nonetheless, it is a command. Work it out. Work out what's on the inside until it begins to show up on the outside. This isn't a warning that they're losing their salvation because they're not working hard enough. It isn't a buck-up warning. That's not what this is. He knows that they have an active faith. 
He knows that they're trusting in God by faith, but he is telling them that that faith needs to be lived in such a way that it is demonstrated outside, that people see it, that people hear it, that people can feel it, to work it out. It's about taking care of ourselves spiritually so that we are walking the walk, doing the talk, becoming Christ-like living the way mature adults in Christ should, or living the way maturing Christ followers should, because we're not all adults yet. Paul is writing to his dear friends and is encouraging them to live a life that is exemplary, a life of obedience that will demonstrate true love for God, because the Bible tells us in 1 Samuel 15, 22, that obedience is what matters the most, not sacrifice. Some of us, when we mess up with God, we say, hey, God, you know what? I'll make it up to you. We're used to that, right? Because that's how we handle human relationships. You've messed up, so we'll assume it's guys. Guys, you've messed up on Mother's Day, on anniversary day, on birthday. You've forgotten to get the gift or the card or something. And you usually say something like this, or we do. I'll make it up to you, honey. Honey ain't having it. Or somebody helps you out at work. You've been stuck. You haven't been able to, to get through the assignment, and they help you out. And you'll say, hey, I owe you one. Next time you're in deep, I'm going to be there. The whole idea, right, is that we have a debt that has to be worked off. And that's not what this is talking about here. We're working out what's already inside of us. We're, we're not trying to so much strengthen a salvation. We're just trying to live out a salvation, to work it out. That means that certainly that there are things that we need to care for. I mean, I think I would be remiss if I said, well, don't forget in your spiritual tool bags the importance of God's word and, and prayer and fellowship and, and growing and learning from one another and worship. I mean, those are aspects of our salvation, and we certainly want those things to be meaningful in our life so that they help us grow. But the idea is not to internalize everything, but to let other people see it and enjoy it. It's, it's like a tree, folks, that flowers. I've got a beautiful uh, apple tree in my front lawn right now that is, is wonderfully blossomed. It's in full bloom. It's nice white petals all over it. But in, in a few months' time, it's going to have apples. So now it looks nice and it smells nice, but it's not going to feed anybody. But in a few months from now, it's going to have apples to feed anybody. We are that fruit of Christ's tree. And the idea is, is that we have fruit that other people can pick and enjoy that they can be nourished and strengthened from our lives. That's maturity. In a sense, as Jesus says, feed on me, we have worked out the salvation that others can grow from us again, the fruit of the Spirit and the things of God that he has done in our lives. It says work out your own salvation, and it challenges us with this. Don't depend on others. Now, don't I sound contradictory? I just mentioned at the beginning of the message about the need for others. And now I'm saying don't depend on others, but I stand on that. I stand by that. We need others, but don't depend on others. 
There comes a stage in our lives as we are making spiritual progression that we value the assistance of others to help us grow. But at the same time, we do have to work out our salvation. It is our salvation. It's not your salvation, it's mine. I'm challenged to work out mine. Adam's challenged to work out his. You're challenged to work out yours. We need others to work it out, but we don't depend on others. You need to learn to take care of yourself. And we also need to be humble enough that when we're struggling with something, that we're willing to lean on others as well, especially when we're newer in the Lord. And I'll address that next Sunday. We know that we are not working to get saved or stay saved, but we are working to live out our salvation that we enjoy in tangible ways. There's nobody else that can do that for us. Others can assist, but we are ultimately responsible for our own diligence, for our own maturity. We must take ownership and responsibility for our spirit care. Now I know it's almost noon. Let me wrap it up. Fear and trembling. This expression is one used by Paul. I don't know why Paul uses this, but he does. In 2 Corinthians 7 and 15, he talks about fear and trembling. In that context, the Corinthian church is about to welcome Titus, and he tells them at Corinth to welcome him with fear and trembling. He tells us that we should work out our salvation with fear and trembling. What's the point? The point is reverence and awe. Reverence and awe for the salvation that we enjoy. Reverence and awe that we take seriously our spiritual care. The working out of that salvation. That we don't treat it lightly. Psalm 211. Serve the Lord with fear and celebrate his rule with trembling. There's reverential awe and respect for the price that Christ has paid in order to save us. Look, the salvation that you have is so precious. The Bible reminds us to guard it, to take care of it, to look over it, to protect it, to grow it, to share it. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. And then it tells us this, for it's God that works in us. Again, it seems like a contradiction, eh? Work out, and now it's God that works in. Notice what it says there, that God works in us. For what purpose? For his purposes. God's got a plan for you. But more importantly, this, this may not settle well with some of you. God's got a plan for his church, his body, beyond EGCC. And the Bible is telling us here that as all of us work out our salvation with fear and trembling, we understand that God is working in the body of Christ for his purposes. Now, what we often think about is, well, well, what is God saying to me? What's God doing in my life? What's God's plan for my life? I mean, again, you know, we've got a personal salvation. It's all about me. I, I've got, what's God doing in my life? What's God saying to me? And I realize that those are significant questions. But again, as I continue to study this, what I see God doing all of the time, at least so far, is putting his body before the individual. I'll tell you how I know that to be true. Paul's in prison. Wouldn't you think that he would be a valuable asset outside the prison? Why would Paul take such an elite apostle and put him in prison? While the letters are still flowing, the encouragement is still coming, but if it were up to me, I'd want Paul out there. Because God's got a plan for the body. 
and it's the body that matters the most. And as individuals, we are grateful that God loves us, cares for us, saves us, is working out our salvation with fear and trembling, but it's for God's purposes. And you can't read this here without understanding that the purpose that he's most concerned with is the health of his church and the progress of his church and that the gospel of truth is continuing to be out there. Now, he's going to need individuals and groups of individuals to do that, but that's where the focus is. And he tells the church to take care of themselves because if you contrast them with Israel, this is what God said, that because of Israel's behavior, we need hear about the importance of working on our salvation in such a way is that the Lord Jesus Christ is honored and esteemed because those that don't know Christ as Lord and Savior look at us working on our salvation and they see the grace and the growth of God in us and rather than deride God or make fun of God, they are more likely to embrace him because of the work that he's doing in our lives. You've had that happen since you've been saved. People that you knew in the past or people that you're working with now look at the way you're living and it draws them to God more often than not. They don't always understand what's going on, but what you're doing is, is you're working out your salvation at work. You're working out your salvation at home and they see that and they understand the difference and then they, they run to rather than run away from God. Because we're working out our salvation. Again, let me take you back to Philippians 1.27 and I'll close in prayer. Whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel. Then whether I come and see you or only hear about you in my absence, I will know that you are standing firm in the one spirit, striving together as one for the faith, for the gospel. For the gospel. So that the gospel gets out there. The Bible says here, for it is God who works in you to will and to act according to fulfill his good purpose. Now you're part of that good purpose, but the gospel is the bigger part of that good purpose. And we're here to help move that along and to bring glory to Christ and to share the faith. And as we work it out, that's more likely to happen. Let's stand. So let me challenge you this morning to take seriously with fear and trembling to work out your salvation so that you will be a bright shining star for the Lord. Father, today, we realize that there are times when we don't always get it right. There are times when we struggle a little bit in the working out of our faith. There are times when maybe we're a little bit lazy. There are times when if somebody isn't watching us, we kind of just run off and do our own thing or maybe just do nothing. Help us not to be like that. Help us to take this seriously with fear and trembling, the working out of our salvation. But Paul reminds us here that it isn't just for our own benefit, but it's for the benefit of the body. But it isn't just for the benefit of the body. It's for the cause of Christ. It's for the gospel. It's so that those outside the church will see Christ in us. And so God, help us Help us to process that. Help us to take it seriously. Help us to, to, tr to treat it soberly. Understand the weight of living well for you and the difference that it makes to those inside the church and those outside the church. It's a sign of growing up. We're working it out, and we're doing it because that's what God has called us to do in Jesus Christ. I pray your blessing upon the church family Lord, that we would all be growing up, that we would all understand the purpose of it isn't just for me, but it's for the family as a whole. 
and even for the unsaved. Lord, help us to crave you, to crave more of you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. Have a great day in the Lord. If you haven't signed up, if you're an active volunteer, if you haven't signed up, make sure that you do take the time to sign up for that, please.